Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples and the things they go through. Today, we have a real treat. We sit down with Steve and Linda Zanaco. Uh, fun fact, we actually grew up, I grew up in the same part of town as Steve and Linda did, and we kind of intersected a couple times throughout life, but I'd always known about... Uh, the amazing things and the amazing projects and the amazing missions that Steve and Linda were always up to, but didn't really dive into it deep like we did until uh, this conversation that we had with them. It's one of my favorite interviews we have had yet on this podcast. I felt like I could have talked to them for literally 10 hours. Um, get ready to learn a lot about relationships, how you can, like things you can work on in your relationship, how you can make your relationship stronger. Um, but also get your Kleenex ready because hearing about their personal charity and mission called He Knows Your Name is one of the most beautiful programs I have ever heard about. Just a quick synopsis on He Knows Your Name as an organization. They actually adopt babies who have recently passed away and uh, don't have a name or weren't claimed at death and adopt them to give them names and a proper burial, uh, which I think is so cool mm -hmm. and can make such a difference in the legacy of a family. Um, they, they it go just on, gives me chills to talk about. Yes, and they go on to talk about how every baby, even after they have passed away, should know that there is someone on earth who loves them, who's you know, thinking about them and who misses them. And it's, it's just incredible to hear some of these stories, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear them as well. So what impresses me about Steve and Linda is they're extremely thoughtful in their relationship. They actually teach a marriage course, which we'll link down below. Um, but they're both super ambitious people and they talk about how they support each other in those ambitions um, with different things like cap salary mm -hmm. or uh, structured time. And they're just they just go about things so very well. And I'm glad we had this conversation. I hope you guys find value in it as well. Um, excited to hear your feedback before we jump into it though please give the show a rating and subscribe to it on whatever platform you're listening to that really helps us out and uh can't wait for this one with steve and linda let's just jump into it steve and linda thank you so much for taking the time to join us it's really an honor to have you when i think of couples that i admire and look up to uh you are among the first that come to mind wow. Just in as much as you guys think about how you've done marriage, the mm -hmm. problems that you've encountered. Um, and I'm really excited to dive into this conversation because I think there's a ton of good wisdom mm -hmm. to share. Additionally, you kind of know a little bit about Sean and I yeah. and, and our background. You were at yeah. our wedding. I know. Yeah. It was so it was, great it was to come to Nashville and see you get married. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Um, but I kind, I kind of want to structure the conversation around um, the marriage encounter topics and the series that you guys host uh, mm -hmm. that helps younger couples yeah. um, and, and there are five kind of segments to that mm -hmm. uh, communication leaving and cleaving finances the physical aspect and then the mission and spiritual gift yep. yeah. of that um, if we could just start with the communication aspect of it because I think that's <laughs> very, important. very important yeah, absolutely yeah. <laughs> and actually we would say we were talking about this morning from is, is the communication is an umbrella 
over all mm-hmm. the other topics. Um, it, it, the, everything is about communication. I would say that Lynn and I would say that the best thing that we've done <laughs> is that we talk about everything. Yeah. I mean, everything. <laughs> um, A lot. Because, and, and that's even been one of the tension points at yeah. some point is when do we talk about it and when do we leave it go? Because um, I'm kind of the one to press us into saying, sure. hey, how are we doing? And That's me. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah. And, and we're also finding that it's not j- driven by gender. There's just Mm-mm. usually somebody that is the communicator and there's somebody that just says, can we just back off and let it go for a while? <laughs> That's Andrew. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, no, but we didn't it, finish it. Exactly. It doesn't feel like it's fixed. So we so, got to keep going. <laughs> so even that, and, so and we'll be skipping all over the place yeah. in this, but even that, like we inserted language to be able to say, okay, when do we press in and when do we do strategic retreat? Um, because yeah. like even Sean, for you to say, it's very frustrating for somebody to want to press in, mm-hmm. like to feel that there's something missing. And when your partner says, I don't want to, I don't want to go into that right now. If you leave it there, we found that leaves a lot of tension because mm-hmm. it leaves me saying, okay, we're unfinished mm-hmm. and we don't have a resolution and we don't have anything on the grid. And, but we found out that if we say, okay, we're going to press into it, but Linda says, not now, then it's up to her to right. say then, but I will come back to you mm-hmm. and say, we will do it. Yeah. So it's so my that, responsibility to do that mm, part. And that gives sure. me peace to say, okay, we're not, we haven't just shelved it. Mm-hmm. We've just said, this is not a good time, which I can live with, but you've acknowledged it is something we need to talk about. And just inserting strategic retreats mm-hmm. was really good because I felt like I'm chasing, chasing. She's running, running. Yeah. <laughs> and well, I was going to say, it doesn't leave it feeling like it's just on you. Right. Because I feel like sometimes when someone will say, just not now, then it's like, oh, well, it's then. Yes. I'm the only one who wants to fight. Like, exactly. Fight yeah. it out. And, and we've said in some of our discussions <laughs> is saying, okay, we this is another communication thing does just not now sometimes mean never yeah exactly <laughs> because, yeah, never. because, because we exactly yeah. and, well and really yeah. seriously like i'm not a big enneagram person but i am a nine and so i hate mm-hmm. conflict yeah more than anything in life and so i have had to really work through that it's not always conflict mm-hmm. but it which is terrible, but it's an opportunity to go deeper. Mm -hmm. And I've had to retrain myself so that I can look at these things and say, when I'm saying to Steve and as an introvert too, like not now, Mm -hmm. then what I have to say is then when, Mm -hmm. so that I'm giving him what he needs Mm -hmm. in that. And I'm then being responsible to be the one to come back Mm -hmm. so that it is a partnership because otherwise, like he said, he's left pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. And I'm just like getting more and more, running the other way yeah. so it's developing that trust between us to believe each other when we say not now it's okay and and part of the encounter is to just give ourselves language i mean like we're sharing something that i don't know maybe it took 10 years into our marriage before we discovered <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it's not like we just said oh the first time this happened we go oh yeah. here's what we have to do <laughs> a part of the reason for the marriage encounter is we spent years and years sometimes with frustration sure with not having language mm-hmm. for what rut were we in. Mm-hmm. And when we could name it and we had identified it, and then we had some tools to work out of it. So we're just, our whole encounter is about opening our journals mm-hmm. 
it's not a biblical study, although it's all biblically guided. Yeah. Sorry. Can I can I ask you guys yeah. this? Because Sean and I have discussed this. Even yeah. the the core essence of this show is like to discuss and analyze how Sean mm-hmm. and I do relationships and analyze how other people do relationships. And we've had the conversation that is it unhealthy to a certain extent to like really dig <laughs> all the way down deep or revisit some skeletons in the closet? Mm. And it's like we've always prided ourselves on like you know we call it transparency yeah. that was like mm-hmm. you know, in 2013 when we started started yeah. dating it was like just full honesty yeah yeah and then it's like but is that is there a limit to that oh. or should mm. some things not be revisited <laughs> have you guys experienced this yeah that's that's a really interesting question <laughs> i mean i think that i think honestly only you know that and yeah. i think that's where i mean on the like Steve just was starting to refer to <clears throat> the biblical principles of marriage and how, how much do you find in the Bible about marriage? You're not going to go to communication and marriage and find a great passage mm-hmm. on it. Um, but I think the walking with the Holy Spirit is super key mm-hmm. to this because I think there's seasons for full disclosure, maybe depending on just what you're going through and growing through personally and then maritally. Um, and then you're raising children and things come up like yeah. layers and layers of things come up. You start raising your child and you're like, wow, when I was nine, I really mm-hmm. struggled with X, Y, Z and it's really coming up in me. And I haven't really talked to you about this, you know? And so there's places and times for it, but I, I believe that that's where we walk with the Holy spirit in marriage. And it's that three chords braided together. That is really important to say, have I really gone to God on this? And is he prompting me? to go deeper with mm. him first of all, and then with my mate in this. And and we also, um, another discovery we had is there's a difference between uh, being forgiving each other and being reconciled with each other. And this is another key that we found. So if I do something to offend Linda, um, oftentimes she would forgive me, but we weren't fully reconciled because it leaves the question of, is it going to happen again? Mm-hmm. Okay, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So yeah. forgiveness goes one way, but reconciliation is when you've worked through something and that's when you may decide, okay, we're done with this. We don't need to revisit mm-hmm. it. And we have some topics in our marriage where we've said, okay, we've not dug all the way down, but we are reconciled. We have decided that together we trust in one another in this, and this is the way it's going to be. Um, but but leaving it one way is just a tension point because um, it's it's like you're a, you're sitting with your your spouse that you love, but you're afraid that hurt is going to happen again. Mm-hmm. And so if you haven't reconciled it, you start to withhold a little bit mm-hmm. because you say if I if I move into that again, the pattern's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the illustration we use is like, if, if I give Andrew, if I give you a thousand dollars and, um, and you're going to pay it back and you don't pay it back. Okay. And then eventually I come to you and you say, man, I, I never said I was going to pay it back. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. just, you gave that to me. <laughs> eventually I go, okay, I forgive that thousand dollars. Yeah. But when you come to me again and say, can I have a thousand dollars? I'm going to say no. Mm-hmm. because I don't trust you. Right. I don't trust. See, we're, so I've forgiven you, but we're not reconciled. But when you come back and say, Hey, Steve, I borrowed that first thousand. I blew it. I lied. I did this. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to change. And I believe that now we're reconciled. 
and I will trust you again with another thousand dollars. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing you talk about is I think in your relationship with your dad, Mm -hmm. um, he, he lacked giving specifics for what he was wanting to reconcile or or get forgiven on. Yeah. And that, that struck me because in, in our Mm -hmm. marriage, like I don't want to compromise any of those, those trust tokens that I have, if that's how we're like viewing them. Sure. And so like, I want, I want everything to be forgiven instead of just. There's, forgiven is like the I'll give you a thousand dollars again. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, no, that's I, I reconciled. That's reconciled. Yeah. Now, now I gotta learn all this language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get, gotta but, get onboarded. But, but. but let me just pause one second and say yeah. when you just said learn the language mm-hmm. because that is the whole point of the communication mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Like getting a language mm-hmm. for some of these things is what helps you communicate better mm-hmm. and helps you understand one another better and it helps kind of like hit it at the pass so that you're you're using language that you both have agreed to that makes sense for you and you could even say to each other like okay are we at forgiveness or are we reconciliation Mm -hmm. and how much conversation would that eliminate Mm -hmm. if you could just get there and then move on and Mm -hmm. you may you may insert a strategic retreat there that says we're forgiveness which is great we're at peace we're not reconciled Mm -hmm. but we'll need to talk about it and let's revisit that another time Mm because at least we're at peace but to mention what my dad did, which was such a wonderful thing, is my dad struggled with alcoholism. And so the first thing that you do is your 12-step program. And it says in that list, go and say you're sorry. Go apologize to the people. Mm-hmm. So he did that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But I was sitting there saying, I think some of the stuff that happened is going to happen again. And mm-hmm. so I didn't understand. I kept distance from him. And it wasn't his fault. I just didn't fully re- believe or understood that he really understood how it had hurt me. So then about four or five years later, he just did a wonderful thing to me. He called me in his office and he said, I did this mm. in this trip, this in this trip, this in this meeting. Whoa. And I was like flooded yes. over me where I was like, yes. oh, dad, I know you love me. Now I know what you did. Yeah. And you and know now what I know, you did. And you yeah. know, and you won't do it again. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was what reconciled us. So now the, the gap was closed. And I can tell you probably between the two of you, Linda runs to forgiveness very quickly because she doesn't want conflict. <laughs> so mm-hmm, one sure. of the struggles we have is Linda's like, I'm saying I'm sorry. And I'm saying I'm not sure you're the one who should be saying you're sorry. Yeah. It might be me. And, 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 she's, and she's just like, I just, I just want, want this over. over. I'll apologize for anything. And I'm like, but then we'll just repeat it. And that's where we yeah. inserted saying, honey, don't apologize too quickly. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it might be me and we won't be reconciled just by saying I'm sorry. So, so the thoughtfulness and actually, I think, I think, in my experience, the difficult parts in our four years of marriage, like the hardest thing is just the self-awareness and like the mm-hmm. introspection of like, Absolutely. Oh, how are my actions affecting Sean? Yes. Why, why am I making her feel that way? And, um, I think that's why I'm more prone to like a strategic retreat. Cause yeah. sometimes like, I'm just not that smart of a guy. Yeah. So, so she's like, she's like, well, why'd you do that? And I'm like, All right, as a kid, I used to love when my parents would sit down and play a game with us or do any activity. And right here in our hands, we have the KiwiCo box, which is the activity of all activities for young kids. The colorful chemistry set, to be specific. So with Drew and Jet, 
and bear, we try to have really intentional playtime. And that's hard because they're all different ages and kind of in different developmental kind of phases of life. I love with KiwiCo that each month we get boxes specific to their ages and kind of like the activity development phase that they're in. So each box, this one's the colorful chemistry set. Um, this has to do with science, but especially with bear, it can be really hard with a four month old to know like how to interact with him where he needs to be at four months old. And I love in these crates, they actually have cards that say, here are activities or things you can do specific to bear that will help him identify colors or whatever it is. I love KiwiCo. There's always something new for kids to discover, like learning about the science of ice cream, engineering robots, or doing science experiments, which our kids have loved yes. recently. Sean is currently holding, as she said, the colorful chemistry kit, which has provided hours of entertainment for our kids. They look forward to their new crate every month, and this one kept them really engaged. We got to experiment with mixing oil and water, mixing different colors and watching how different things react. It was so fun. We basically created our own little chemistry lab with the kids and we could feel their excitement when they got to play around and mix things together. Plus, it barely made a mess, so it was really quick to clean up and to use again another day. It can be hard to find creative ways to keep your children engaged, challenged, and off their screens, but KiwiCo does the work for you, so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. Redefine learning with play. Explore projects that build confidence and problem-solving skills with KiwiCo. Get 50% off your first month of any crate at KiwiCo.com when you use code COUPLE. That's 50% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code COUPLE. I got nothing for you. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I just got to like, let me think about it. And then I, I probably before. even more. I'm like, okay, so what caused you <laughs> to think that you don't know what you're doing? <laughs> exactly. Was it your and mom? Like, was it your exactly. dad? I was like, like, so out of here. That's so good. That's so good. It's yeah. so good. But one thing I, one um, kind of phrase that you have mentioned in your series that I think is just so amazing of a perspective to hold is um, you reminding each other like hey we know how this ends right. we know how this ends and that's us remaining married us mm -hmm. loving each other mm -hmm. and it's it's like such a it's so powerful because right. at some point your mind tricks you and like oh well maybe this does oh, sure. mm -hmm. right? like, sure. oh i mean the way we live in a culture that tells us we have options mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. so that's always there and we have an enemy that's always trying to destroy mm -hmm. kill and rob our marriage of everything and um and then we have our own our own self like selfishness that just wants to battle those things mm -hmm. so for me too because it gets hard i go there quicker and i mm -hmm. like i'm just and so when steve just enters in with that truth like we know how this ends um and we kind of go through the truth of that it does it settles us down so much um it really cuts the emotion in half too wow. so that is a huge thing because i will just you know i'll just start to get emotional and that's not going to take us where we need to go for mm -hmm. sure and, and it's a it's a choice because we have seen and you guys again this is something that we just inserted our marriage this that phrase probably 10 years ago yeah probably 10 years ago so we've yeah. been at this 38 years so <laughs> 10 years ago, we realized we still were surprised at how angry we would get with mm -hmm. one another yeah. mm -hmm. and the evil thoughts that would enter in our mind mm -hmm. where you actually start, you're so angry. You're like, you start saying this was, this has never been right. Mm -hmm. You have never understood me. Never always. Right. And, yeah. and it was just like this thing. And I yeah. believe that is where the evil one just comes in and says, yeah, and starts whispering and saying, you mm -hmm. were never meant for each other. Mm -hmm. This has been a mistake all along. And just this one time, 
Now you can imagine, you guys know what it's like. And in the <laughs> middle of this, you say, okay, because you don't wait till you feel it. <laughs> I said, I said, honey, can we just skip to the end? Because we know how this ends. Yeah. yeah. And and it, it goes something like this. It's not this sweet, oh, <laughs> it's just kind of like, we're going to be married. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to make love soon. <laughs> and we're going to be laughing again. Yeah. Yes. And you look at each other and you go, that is the truth. Right. It doesn't fix everything, but it lets all the air out of the balloon mm-hmm. to stop the rage. Because the rage gets damaging. And we've all mm-hmm. said stuff. And all of a sudden, we just found this pressure release valve. Mm. Um, one funny story from our encounter. <laughs> mm-hmm. One couple said they used Oh, my this, gosh, there's hilarious, this, too. There's just hilarious stories. And she, her, the, her, the husband called me and said, yeah, so we were in a really bad fight. And I said, honey, we know how this ends. And she says, yes, with you dead on the floor in front of me. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And if you do this couple, they're the sweetest couple in the world. And only she could pull that off. Yeah. But, but, you know, to me, it was like, they got it because the humor actually completely diffused the rage, you know? And I thought, oh, that's exactly it. Like, you you can go to humor, but it's getting that emotion Mm -hmm. cut off, you know, so that Mm -hmm. your mind isn't thinking like all those things and destroying you. Just lies. Well, I feel like we get messages literally every day from people saying, I got in this argument with yes. my girlfriend or my boyfriend or my husband or my wife, and I just don't know if I can do it anymore. Sure. And I feel like, like you said, in society, we have, yeah, it's just ingrained in us to think, oh, well, we're arguing a lot. Maybe it wasn't the right person. Right. Sure. Whereas if you go into the conversation with, this is my person. Right. We have to figure it out. I think it changes, but we get... I, I swear we get questions every day of how do I know when sure. it's time well, to Linda call it a inserted, quit? Absolutely. Yeah. Linda and inserted something early on in our marriage that I just think you're onto something. And Linda, you want to share even around our family about that what's not an option? Yeah. So just saying divorce is not an option. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get married and we do it in front of a bunch of witnesses mm-hmm. and we basically are saying, you know, we're doing this for life, right? Mm-hmm. But then we get into it and we think we have options and mm-hmm. the world tells us we have options and, um, and really like saying to one another, divorce is not an option mm-hmm. and reminding each other that that's where we're living and that's where we're coming from. And then going to our children mm-hmm. and telling them that mm-hmm. it's not an option. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're living with these people that grow up with you in your home and they see it all and hear it all. And our kids have seen us be really ugly with each other. <laughs> and, um, and yet for them to have that same thing going in their head that, um, well, they told me divorce isn't an option, so I don't even have to go there mm-hmm. and worry about that and just the comfort that brought them. Mm-hmm. Our, I was going to say, do you remember our premarital counsel, our premarital counselor, what he said? No, I don't like, I don't like how you put me on the spot like that. Oh, so <laughs> no. <bad. Remember? laughs> he calls Should it I? the D word, yeah. and you're never yeah. supposed to say the D word. Yeah. 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 Which is which really good. We never have, which is awesome. Which is so, awesome. Mm-hmm. It just should never be a threat. Mm-mm. It should never even be a, it, it's not even just an option. It should never be a threat. It mm-hmm. should never, those are kind of things that take off the table. And even with Drew, to be able to mm-hmm. commit in front of your children, to be able to say, it gives them peace. Because mm-hmm. they're going to see a fight and they need peace and just go, all I know is this ends with them together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They need to know it. Yeah. It is just thinking about the certainty of we know how this ends, mm-hmm. especially in, you know, this is summer 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Hardest year. Yes. I yes. have never felt like this weird. I'm not gonna. I'm not like wildly anxious, but there's so much right. volatility of like. Yes. Well, are we still gonna have a job? Can we right. buy toilet paper? Right. The certainty of. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be married. Right. Is so amazing. Um, right. And there's a series of choices that go into making that mm. that the final destination. Mm. And you guys, if. You guys talk about how marriage doesn't burst, it slow leaks. Yeah. Can yeah. you talk us through that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we feel like we've talked to so many couples who present a situation, kind mm-hmm. of what you're saying, Sean, about they kind of give you the scenario that they're mm-hmm. in right now. And they that becomes very inflamed and like mm-hmm. the main thing. And we've talked to so many people who they think it's the affair or the this or that, they name it. And when you really f- go back and you you take that thread Mm -hmm. and you follow it all the way back. You're like, no, this has been a slow leak for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And, and I, we would say, you know, that starts with communication. Mm -hmm. Like if communication's not there, that is really a huge part of the slow leak because it does, like Steve said, enter into every aspect. Mm -hmm. We talk about finances. We talk about sex. We talk about our in-laws. We talk about Steve's job. We talk about our ministries and what God is doing in our lives and church life and friends. And we talk about it all. And if we weren't, it would touch every one of those topics. Mm -hmm. And so the slow leak would be, and you know, something that just did just one day, then it's a burst at the end, but it's Mm -hmm. not all of a sudden a burst. I had a guy, um, I didn't even know that well. Some, a wife asked me to meet with her husband who had an affair and I just sat down with him and we had a series of eight breakfasts. And the first time he sat with me (laughs) and he said, he was so emphatic. He was like, Steve, I'm telling you, God promised that he'd never give me more than I could be tempted. And I'm telling you, it happened like that. He said, it did not work. I was there. I was not looking for it. We met seven more times at the end of the last time (laughs) he looked at me and he goes, this didn't start with the affair. Mm-hmm. This yeah. started eight years ago mm-hmm. when we stopped talking. Mm-hmm. And it was his yes. realization yes. that that's the slow leak. And Dang. every time you leave that topic uncovered, it becomes a separation point. Mm-hmm. And if you leave it uncovered too long, mm-hmm. it stays a separation point. Yeah. And one of the things that we've, um, another illustration is just to be able to say, if we try to say to marriages, um, Linda's dad had a heart attack one time and I called a good friend of mine, John Ish, who yeah. was a heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, how bad is it? And he said, well, the heart's a muscle. And he said, if the blood flow has been cut off only a short time, you restore the blood flow, the heart will come back fully. Mm-hmm. But if blood flow has been cut off for too long mm-hmm. to a certain part of the heart, that part of the heart will never come back. And we have seen the truth yes. that if you cut off blood flow to a certain part of your marriage, there is a time where it's awful difficult and maybe impossible to revive that part. And Mm -hmm. that's why we say, that's why we're so forward thinking is that we have seen tragically marriages that all of a sudden wake up and say, I can't even remember what I loved about that person. I can't remember the last Mm -hmm. time we laughed together. I can't remember that didn't happen overnight. Mm -mm. That is a slow leak that happened over years and it's an un festered it's a wound that was never covered and then it goes to another one and then it causes separation and you'll know that what is growing in our marriages are intimacy Mm -hmm. and intimacy and union is everywhere and it impacts every part Mm -hmm. of your marriage and if you're starting to break that union Mm -hmm. it just starts to dissipate everything your Mm -hmm. physical life your spiritual life everything and you start to look at each other and say i'm living with a stranger yeah how sad yeah, I mean, then you get to our stage of life as empty nesters, mm-hmm. you know, which a yeah. lot of our friends do. Yeah. They wake up one day and the kids are gone, the house is quiet, 
and they go to eat dinner together and they're like, we don't have anything to talk. You can't about. just all of a sudden start talking really one day and yeah. be like, we haven't talked for decades. You know, where do you, where do you start? You've mm-hmm. missed so much. And that is, that's the slow leak of it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. decades of slow leaking yeah. that you just go wake up one day and say, we, we don't even, we're not even friends anymore. Mm. This is a really dangerous conversation. I feel like we could be here for the next three days. <laughs> well, I'm like, well, oh we have my to gosh. remember the encounter is five sessions, an hour and a half yeah, each, yeah. with okay. an hour of sharing afterwards. So we're so. touching on stuff, but again, our hope is to give language, yeah. mm-hmm. and then we can go because it's just so hopeful to know someone else has been there, mm-hmm. and that you don't. You can look at each other and say, "We're not broken. We are meant for each other." Other people have been through it, and not only did we do okay, we thrived. Right. And so a part of our message is just hope. Mm-hmm. Marriage is awesome. Well, well, and I think, and for us just doing encounter in community, we yeah. realize we're not alone, and we're all in this together. And I think isolation is another big attack on marriages. Mm-hmm. You know, you think it's only happening in your home, and no one yes. should know this. And when we get inside a room, and we all talk about these things, and then we do yeah. it together, it gives everyone a language. Mm-hmm. And we realize too, we've said in our church, you know, so when you're working alongside someone in Antioch Kids or you're on the greeting team and you can say to that person you you were in marriage encounter with, you know, like, I just don't feel reconciled with my husband over X, Y, Z. Like it, for, mm-hmm. you're forming relationships with a community right. that's for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really important part of support for marriages that yeah. we, we each know how together to do this. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all aiming for the same thing. The alternative to that is you could still find community, but people who are kind of just drawn to the drama of like, Oh my, I can't believe they just side with you. And they're just like, yes, men of like, yeah, you have to, you know, you know, be uh, angry and upset about that. And that's a dangerous place to be. So it's gotta be, they're supportive of you both. Totally. And like, there's times where I get called, you know, can, will you meet with me? And I'm like, I'll meet with you once. And then we're all meeting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can't, it can't be Mm one-sided, but I was going to say, we were talking about peer pressure of, our generation and social media and everything, people are so afraid to show that relationships aren't perfect. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I don't understand it. Yeah. And the funny joke that we always share is we got engaged and a close friend of mine, we're going on a walk. I'm asking her for advice because she's been married a few years. And I said, well, what's, what's the hardest thing about being married? You know, and do you fight? Do you argue? Like, what do I need to like prepare myself for yeah. pretty much? And she's like, marriage is great. I've never fought. It's just, pre-. and I just, wow. it's such a defeating thing yeah. to go on social media and see all these perfect yeah. relationships because at home, you then tell yourself, oh, I don't have yeah. that, but other people do. So I uh, must be doing something wrong. And and I, Sean, I, I think yeah. that is exactly the reason we did this was exactly that reason and we have had couples in tears just saying we're just so glad we're not the only ones Mm -hmm. because we're all presenting it's kind of like the whole image thing we're presenting well i'll help you out next Mm -hmm. time we're arguing i'll put us on speakerphone (laughs) call you it'll make you feel a lot better yeah (laughs) and that's really why we don't call this a curriculum yeah Yeah. Um, we say we're opening our journals we're inviting you in to just see our life and be Mm -hmm. honest and when we do this at church, like Steve said, those five weeks, we also make it mandatory that the couples go on a date for an hour and a half afterwards mm-hmm. so that they leave the hour and a half time mm-hmm. with homework 
have these conversations about these topics and ask mm-hmm. each other these questions and kind of start that ball rolling so that they can um, right. practice mm-hmm. kind of what they've just learned. And that's another big well, and truthfully, step. we learned, we opened a can of worms sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. is that we'd be in that hour and a half session, and the couple, you should see the, the sessions, you can look out, we're sharing, and people are looking at each other, and they're going, and you know, you. if you send them back in to parenting yeah. business, they will never talk about what that just happened, and all we've done is open up a can of wounds, and and it just got worse. Mm-hmm. So the hour after to hour and a half afterward is to say, okay, those looks that you just had. Yeah. You have to talk about you it. You got to talk about it before you get back into life. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're just going to go right back to it. So mm-hmm. we learned the hard way of saying, but then it goes back to what do we have to do? Communicate. Mm-hmm. And that's where that budgeting term, I think you yeah. mentioned, we budget everything in our marriage. Yeah. I mean everything. And that sounds so clinical. Yeah. It's so boring. And it's the, <laughs> But it's not clinical at all. Right. It's just the term covers what we needed to do and what we found out was missing. And man, when we just looked and said, are we shooting for the same topic? Have we agreed where we're headed? Have we agreed about what we want? Because we just found out we were fighting so much over because Linda was headed here, I was headed here, and we couldn't figure out why we're fighting. It's like, well, until we figure out unified, what are we after? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway. So... For those listening, uh, and we'll link the whole marriage encounter series in the description, but Stephen Linda used a term called budgeting, and I think it originated with the finances. It originated with finances. Where you were walking through like, hey, this is our monthly budget, and why'd you overspend here? And he realized that it was because Linda actually never signed off on the budget itself. So they're mm-hmm. never on the same page, never had a chance. Are you laughing? Because... <laughs> 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 One in five Americans have, quote, learn a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off your list with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Plus, Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Andrew and I have been learning Spanish on Babbel, and it's been so fun. We've wanted to learn a new language for so long, and have finally started. We've learned how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants, all without having to consult language apps, which is so cool. It's crazy how fast your brain picks up a new language when it's presented in a relatable way. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. Babbel has over 10 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash eastfam again get 60 percent off at babble.com slash eastfam spelled b-a-b-b-e-l.com slash eastfam rules and restrictions may apply i have to tell the credit card story okay i have to tell it so funny situation about budgeting where we are getting more unified in everything and we're still working on it but andrew walks in one day just cold like no communication has ever been had about budgeting. And he's like, 
I'm cutting up our credit cards. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh okay. Okay. We're, let's take a step back. What, what's going on? He's like, you're only allowed to pay in cash from now on. And I was like, what, what are you talking about? Exactly. Exactly. And I got defensive and stubborn, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, you mean to tell me if I go to the grocery store, I'm going to have to go to the bank. I'm going to have to get out cash. <laughs> I'm going to have to go from the bank to the grocery store. And if I don't have yeah. enough cash, I'm going to have to go back to the bank. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I just. So now we have 40 credit cards. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how yeah. we compromise that. Exactly. Yeah. But doing that, not just with finances, but actually yeah. mm-hmm. getting together and getting on the same page of, um, hey, this is where we want our career to go. This is where we want our service and missions to go. And right. I'll use that as a transition, um, a big part of communication is is understanding what the other is called to and mm-hmm. a second of the five mm-hmm. kind of segments that you guys talk about in marriage are your spiritual gifts and mm-hmm. your missions and i know you guys just had a huge zoom call on friday is yeah. that right? right with uh if you could talk about that yeah so um we through my ministry he knows your name um i got a call about a baby that was really critically ill um, in the NICU at our children's hospital in Indianapolis. And um, we found out that this child was up for adoption, but was basically so critically ill, was not going to survive even the next week. And they needed someone to make medical decisions for the baby. And because the min- the ministry I have takes care of children in death um, and gives them honor and dignity, um, when I got the call, that's where I thought this conversation was going. Mm-hmm. And when I realized they were asking me to consider taking care of the baby in life so that we could um, be with this child in this fragile state. Um, It was just like, it was just just so beautiful because when I told Steve about it, he said, I mean, I got on the phone Mm -hmm. with him and he said, you know, I'm going with you. You're not going to do this alone. Mm -hmm. And that partnership and friendship in our marriage just came right into my ministry life. And Mm -hmm. it became a partnership and something we did together, which then ended up being final on Friday that we adopted Abigail Elise um, together and brought her in to our family. And that whole process that's been four months long um, was something that, you know, God continues to take the kingdom work we're both doing, Mm -hmm. which is very separate in some ways and brings it together and makes it something we're doing together, Mm -hmm. um, in marriage. And it has just been such a blessing for us to experience so many different things. I mean, but we had never done anything like that before. Um, can you, I would love for you to speak more about He Knows Your Name. From from an outsider's perspective, they could look and, and say, well, she was three months old. Like, why why put so much effort and time into legally adopting this child? Why is that important to you guys? <laughs> well, Abigail, um, it, it was it's about changing the story, the narrative of, mm-hmm. of a life because Abigail's mom left her, abandoned her, and so she's... Uh, there's a little baby left to die basically um, without any claim, without any name. The name on her door was uh, both, both Bufa, Bufa, mm. baby up for adoption mm-hmm. instead of being called by name. And so we get a chance to come in and uh, hold her and we worshiped with her and we baptized her and we held her as she died. So we had 24 hours with her and what mm. we feel like is it's it's a kingdom opportunity because the whole narrative changed in the hospital. Right. When we walked in, you guys, 
the receptionist said, we've been waiting for you. Mm. Because everybody in the hospital knew that there was this abandoned baby that had no claim. And all of a sudden, two people come, which we believe is a representation of the kingdom, and say, we'll step in. And so we loved her. We fell in love with her for that 24 hours. Um, mm. It's it's amazing how God gave us a mm-hmm. heart for her. She mm. was beautiful on the outside. She looked perfect. And so we held her as she died. And so the adoption was the finish of the narrative of the narrative over her life was abandoned. Nobody wants you to now, not only do we want you, we're going to fight for you. We're going to go to court for you. And now you have a legacy. Mm -hmm. And so now she carries uh, a legacy for her life. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful part about Abigail is if you were there at the funeral is, so she was abandoned, but in her funeral, 130 people showed up. Mm -hmm. She had a police escort or a mercy (laughs) escort down the highway to her funeral. She was a celebrated yeah. daughter of the king where so her story went from abandonment to a community claiming her mm-hmm. and mourning her and we just talked to our youngest daughter and our other kids and we have another person. So it's it's dignity and mm-hmm. affirmation that every life matters to God. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um Linda's stepping into death all the time. And putting dignity on a name that a lot, that otherwise people look at and say, well, why did that baby live? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really good. Like Amelia. Uh, right. Tell, I mean, so I've claimed 24 babies in death mm-hmm. that have been abandoned at either a coroner's office or a hospital or outside. But this call with Abigail was so different because she was alive. So she was born on February 8th. We got the call on February 7th, and we were with her from February 7th to February 8th. Mm. So the three months was the from the time she died to the whole process of adoption. Mm. But we didn't have that idea. We didn't know it was even a possibility. Um, the adoption attorney called us and said, would you like to formally adopt her? Because all we really had time for in the hospital in that 24 hours was to do legal guardianship, which gave us all the authority we needed to do the medical care and decision-making mm-hmm. over her, her life at that point into her dying. And, um, and so we were like, yes, I mean, if we could claim her, not just in death, but adopt her in life, like you talk, like Steve saying, change the narrative over this. Mm-hmm. She had injustice all over her mm-hmm. because of her situation um and she was alone and unnamed and so now she's named and mm-hmm. claimed and she will have a headstone that has our name on it she will have her birth and death certificate with our name on it and she's forever grafted into our family and really our legacy is hers and her legacy is ours now mm-hmm. and it's just so beautiful but like i said it's just like nothing we've ever done before and as a couple you know, what we have is, so Lynn and I have very different ministry. I pastor over in Ukraine. And so I go there three times a year. She's doing this and they're very, very separate, but we're united in our bedroom talking about our kingdom lives Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. A a biggest part of our our (laughs) intimacy is that we actually don't share a lot of ministry where we're actually side by side doing it Mm -hmm. other than our church. Of course would is, but Mm -hmm. I'm, I go, to some hard parts of the world. She's going here to the graveside. But when we come back together, we're just sharing what God's doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's the spiritual unity that creates an intimacy that I think a lot of couples are missing Mm -hmm. to be able to see unified and say, oh, let me tell you what I saw. And it's not separate. It's Lynn and I are built very, very differently. Mm -hmm. Lynn is not an international traveler. 
I'll go anywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so you either look and you say, well, how do you compromise to find that in between? Or we've just been able to find spiritually that we're united even when we're far apart. Because every time we talk, mm-hmm. we're talking about what we share together. And this thing with Abigail was just a unique time that we could do it together. Mm-hmm. And um, the whole hospital was brokenhearted over this little girl. Mm-hmm. So doctors would come in and visit and wanted to see. And the doctor that performed uh, or that uh, pronounced her past stood. We were just saying this the other day, this beautiful Nigerian man, doctor. And he just stood there after she had passed mm-hmm. And he just stood there for like a good 10 minutes and we didn't know. And finally he just looked and he said, who are you and why Yeah, why did you come into this? And he said, are you pastors? Which is just kind of Mm -hmm. what everybody thinks, right? Mm -hmm. And we said, yes and no, we're not Mm -hmm. pastors, but we are shepherds. Mm -hmm. And just like you're a shepherd. And and he, we got to pray for this man. We got to pray for nurses. So there's this entry into as a couple that we get to minister um, by standing together in the kingdom. I don't know if that's making sense. No, yeah. yeah. But but we're very separate. And like one of the things that happens with couples is like Linda way leans more towards the prophetic. So she'll get words from God. She gets direct verses. And what we've seen couples struggle is I don't. And I can feel less than sometimes. Mm -hmm. I can feel threatened because I'm supposed to be leading spiritually, but I watch her and I see how she walks with the spirit. And I do walk with the spirit, but not in that same way. And we had tension for a while in our lives of saying, okay, what is this supposed to look like? And there is a way as a couple that is we found to embrace each other's spiritual gifting Mm -hmm. and then lean into that strength. I'm always the leader, but there's times when I lean into Linda's strength because we're in a spiritual part that this is right up her lane. Mm. And so imagine mm-hmm. the unity of feeling like I'm leaning into you right now. Mm-hmm. And she just takes it and runs with it. She still looks for my leadership, but it's not always coming under me. There's sometimes she's just stronger than I am. And so finding that has been really cool mm-hmm. for us to look and say, whose strength do we lean in in this minute? And sometimes it's Linda's. Yeah, I think sometimes people compare the gifts. I mean, we do it in church, mm-hmm. right? We do it in community. Um, you know, which gift is stronger, which gift is more important in the body, you know, or any of that. And really at the end of the day, what unifies us more than anything is that we both love saying yes mm, right. to God. And that is what leads everything. And it doesn't matter how we get there, but you know, when I got a call about Abigail, would I come down to the hospital and meet with this medical team and talk about this thing? And I couldn't even get my head around what they were asking of me to come down and talk about end of life decisions for a critically ill little baby. I was like, well, yes, I'll go, you know, I'll go Mm -hmm. and figure Mm -hmm. it out and just listen. And then I call Steve and I say, this is what they've said to me. And he's just like, well, I'm going with you. Mm -hmm. And that's where we stand on unity. And the yes is kind of the, what leads everything so that we can then say, it doesn't matter that you're bringing this strength or I'm bringing this strength. Hmm. We're about the kingdom and doing radically whatever it is Jesus is asking us to do. That's amazing. It gets me excited. It's it's inspirational. Yeah. I think about Abigail and Mm -hmm. I think the, the judge said that now she'll have forever parents. Um, And another quote I saw was, now, now she, she, it's, it's apparent that she was wanted and known mm-hmm. and loved. Mm-hmm. And I think about 
the alternative to right. what that situation could have been. Right. And um, I'm thankful you guys did that. Mm. Just yeah. from like, you know, uh, the father of a mm. baby myself, right. it's, it's powerful. Um, mm. One thing you guys talk about how is if your marriage is off, your ministry is limited. Mm-hmm. And that is so powerful. It's so crucial to, mm-hmm. if you're married, like, yeah. yep. you know, whatever your mission is, uh, if, if you can talk about the, if there's something off with the marriage, it's going to limit what you do. Yeah. Because I mean, we really are so connected spiritually that it is like Steve's, you know, analogy of the heart, like there's blood flow that's not coming into mm-hmm. that place spiritually and maritally mm-hmm. so that we can go do what God made us to do. And we believe that really the first platform with which we do anything is our marriage. It's not ministry first. Mm -hmm. It's not even parenting first. It's that we are who we are because of our marriage. We do what we do because of our marriage. It gives us so much credibility and so much authority in our communities and in the church to be who God created us both to be. And it's a mystery because it's like there's the individual part of that, Mm -hmm. who we are and how we manifest the gifts in our lives or who we are as a couple. Um, But I just feel like, I know that I am fully flowing and hearing from God to do what he's called me to do when Steve and I are right. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, on a, on a, and on a really practical basis, you guys have all been around. Um, look, the fact is people don't know a lot of great marriages. Mm-hmm. They don't. Mm. If, you, if you ask people, the sad thing is, um, I was telling Andrew before we started this, is that one of the biggest things we've been able to do is talking to people and watch tears come into their eyes when yeah. we're saying that marriage is great. And they literally will say, we don't hear that. Mm-hmm. We hear marriage is okay. We hear it's good. But so mm-hmm. yeah. they don't see great marriages. So mm-hmm. one, think about it. Anything time you have something that is very, very unique, it gives you a platform. So if you have a great marriage, second is you can't fake it. You and I, we've all been around marriages <laughs> that you will watch a facade and then when you're in them socially and you watch cutting remarks, you watch insulting shortness mm. with each other and you look and you go, you know mm-hmm. it's not right. And I don't care how you think about that person, it impacts whatever Whatever, if I'm short with her and I'm demeaning her and I'm doing Mm -hmm. that and then I step up on a stage and preach a great message, Mm -hmm. you're looking and going, "Yeah, what is that about? Mm -hmm. So it undermines, it it underpins Mm -hmm. everything that we have. And one of the greatest things, and I don't know if you guys, the couples you hang around with, but I remember as a young guy, you know, one of the things that I realized is I need Linda to think the world of me. That's the most important thing for me as a man is... And I've watched other, as, as a young person, I used to watch and women walked in and say about their husbands, why don't you dress like him? Why can't you act more like him? Look at what Joe did. How mm-hmm. come you can't do that? Yeah. Linda has never done that to me once. Not once in our entire marriage. And anytime I see a wife do that, I just look and I say, don't mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Even if you're upset with him, wait till you're at home in your bedroom. But <laughs> out in public... Yeah. Your husband is looking and he needs to know that if you had to choose all over again, you'd choose him. Mm-hmm. And I watch. And so I look and I say, that tells me a lot about a marriage mm-hmm. to be able to say, because that tells me you guys haven't talked close enough to know 
Like Linda knows that what I need most, my most secure thing in the world <clears throat> is how does she look at me? It's even more important than sex. It's more important than anything. It's just a, do you admire me? Do you respect me? And if you don't, I'm in trouble. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what else is going right. And that's the other platform that it builds up is that I can be out in the business world and if my marriage, if Lynn and I are struggling, I feel it everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I can't operate, but I am not operating in the time that when we're strong. Does that answer your question? A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say that, that the, the core behind that you feel it everywhere because this is the person that you've shared most with. And so if you don't get the affirmation as you know, as, as much as we don't try to get affirmation from each other, it's yeah. definitely a part of the equation. I sure. feel like that it undermines your self-confidence of like, Oh yeah, well if she doesn't love me, she knows most about me. Then these people won't. Yeah. And I'm just giving them my best face. Or yeah, my best for image. sure. Yeah. And life is hard. Relationships are hard. Work is hard. Ministry is hard. Church is hard. You know what I think? <laughs> but I, if I can leave this, and feel like I, he is so for me and we, I just feel full. I mean, that goes mm -hmm. to a, another term we use in our mm -hmm. in marriage encounter is if my cup is full from Steve, I can go pour out all day long, like this endless well of everything I need to give everywhere mm -hmm. else as a mom, as a daughter, as a sister, as an in-law, as a friend. And I, I, it, I don't mean that to sound like he's, you know, my everything in that, but like it starts with the companionship yeah. mm -hmm. that we have, like what you're referring to being so known and comfortable there, um, that Steve fills my cup like no one else in this world can, because I chose him and he chose me and God crafted marriage to be a covenant that would be that place, like an, an intimate place of something that we get something from each other that no one else can give one, give us. And, and I think that, um, I think that men in particular, um, I meet with men all the time and, that are totally confused. Um, and I was confused. They're confusing their sexuality, their sexual desires with what God has built in them to be looked at as a man. And so sometimes, and that's one of our topics is to be able to say, I just met, I met just in the last month, I'll bet you a bunch of guys mm. that are so confused because yeah. one of the other tension points is sex is making love and frustration. Even when you are doing great together, even when our physical relationship was great, we still had all kinds <laughs> of tension yeah. about mm -hmm. frequency, who initiates all of that. Yeah. It's because we were confused. I was confused and I think men are confused to say like the book of Solomon, it says that it shows this picture of a man just saying, I want my woman to look at me and say, I, if I choose anyone, mm -hmm. it would be you. Mm -hmm. And that is even more important than the physical. Mm -hmm. The problem is that sometimes we've connected that the only time I feel that way is when I'm having sex mm -hmm. and that doesn't fill your cup. I mean, one of the discoveries that we had is just to say, if I initiate all the time, and, and again, this is going into another topic, but I just want to say one of the confusing mm -hmm. things, this would take another hour, but <laughs> why was I frustrated? Because I love being with my wife. Why was I frustrated if I initiated? If I'm mm -hmm. only about the physical, then why do I care who initiates? Well, I care who initiates 
Because if I initiate all the time, I still get the physical. But what I need mm -hmm. is to feel like my wife wants to be with me. And so we're raised to believe that men are physical and women are emotional. And the best thing you can do is compromise in between. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I found out I had to move towards my cup was filled by not just the physical, but by the desire that she has for me, the respect she has. And so men are chasing it in the wrong way. And they're so confused and they're going over here. And when you unite that, those two things, the intimacy and the union mm -hmm. and the emotion, then it's lights out. Physically, <laughs> it improves everything. Yeah. Our physical life is better now than it's ever been. And it's because of the lack of confusion and the understanding right. and the role that we play for one another. Which takes a ton of communication. Which takes a lot of communication. <laughs> there, um, there's one story, I think it was when you were pregnant and on the on that concept of filling your cup yeah, yeah. and uh you mentioned that you know you would leave linda and she would be yep. upset and you're like well i just was with her yeah all the time you sat down with a mentor yeah and he said if she wants you to be with her you need to be with her and and your response was like well then i'm never gonna right. leave because yeah. she always wants me back <laughs> right. and I, I felt that, yeah, <laughs> I feel that so deeply. And it's like, yeah, it's so important, but it's that s willingness to serve of like, okay, yeah. she needs this and, and trying to address that issue before moving on is, is so important. Again, it could be another hour. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about another, Oh, Nash. Hello. <laughs> Nash is joining Hi, Nash. us today. Um, another pivotal thing I think in your marriage that's helped you pursue your, your ministry, you pursue, yeah. pursue your, your ministry. That's a hard series of words to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that um, sure was. Pursue but, your ministry. <laughs> pursue your ministry. Um, is the, the financial restraints that you've put on, mm -hmm. uh, your careers and, yeah. and your lives. I would love to hear more about that. Well, I think the best way to talk about, um, that would be to say the, the blessing of it. And yet I didn't have the forward thinking that Steve did because he's, he's more a planner than I am. Mm. But, um, years and years and years ago, just looking at our lifestyle and our income and the su success of Steve's business and, um, deciding to cap our income, um, and say, you know, we're going to only live, not only live. I mean, we live a very nice lifestyle, live <laughs> on a certain amount of money, and mm. then we want to give the rest away. And then the, the way that ended up manifesting itself into, well, we can't always give it all away. We don't always have a place to put it or, you know, give it that year. So determining, you know, that's, you know, Steve had just this thought, like if I, if we had built a foundation and we put money away there, then we can cap our income, live on what we've, we feel is just such a blessing from the Lord. Um, and that. I don't know when we did that, Steve. Almost 20 years Yeah, ago. it's incredible. Wow. But the way mm -hmm. that ended up manifesting itself, which you and I talked about with He Knows Your Name, was just that when the Lord brought me this ministry, I have not had to fundraise at all. So mm -hmm. for 11 years, I've not once had to go and ask anyone for money, fundraise, have an event, or anything around that. And the freedom that has given me to just do the work that God has called me to do yeah. because we have this foundation that funds everything mm. that I do for He Knows Your Name has been an incredible blessing. And I just, I could never take any credit for having thought that 
much forward for that um, because Steve really led us in that direction fully. So what do you want to say about that? Well, in, and in terms of the, um, but Linda's more generous, more naturally generous than I was. I was captured by money. I was a slave to money. So part of my action was I realized um, when I started making money, I went and saw three men, all three Christians, and I interviewed them just to say, because it's kind of the way I roll. Um, and I said, how'd it go? And one of them was the most pitiful conversation I've ever seen in my life because he had had about 15 years of fantastic abundance. And, but the last three years had been really bad. And all he could talk about was the last three years and how God had forsaken him. And I looked and I walked around. It's like, we'll be that person. If we're, if we're living to our means all the time and then God cuts off the faucets, we're going to be panicked and we're going to look. So we went home, sat on our porch and I said, how do we live a life so that if God stops it, we can look and say, thanks for the great ride. Hmm. Because I saw gratitude is joy. And if my gratitude's stolen and this man's gratitude had been stolen, he couldn't see the 15 great years. He could only see the three bad. And Mm so one was a protection of that. Second is I was mastered by money. So I needed to do something dramatic. And Linda was awesome generous and she her first response was why can't we just give it as it comes in and i said because we won't <laughs> we'll spend it mm-hmm. and, and then it, it won't, won't be, be there and it won't be there um, <laughs> and so it just set a lifestyle but to affirm linda um we I, I had a very successful business i don't know many women that would have cut lifestyle mm-hmm. the lifestyle linda could live um, I just don't know. I have to affirm her saying, I just don't know that many that would say, okay, we'll do this because she could have had a lot, lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want to roll. So then we start the foundation and uh, just to kind of affirm God's response to this. So we did this and it had a lot of ups and downs, mm-hmm. a lot of scary times because at one time I was almost losing my business and I was like, what did we do? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it was gone. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but so when he knows your name started, when he knows your name started, we had to start a second foundation and the lawyer and my attorney said, why don't we just roll it into the first foundation rather than start them? I said, okay, great. Well, to do that, we have to review all the money you've given. We have to go back yeah. through this, blah, blah, blah. So we did this and <clears throat> Lynn and I had one of the most sweetest times because for the first time. Yeah. We hadn't even looked back or had, counted anything. No, how much I mean, we'd given it. And yeah, we, we had no idea. And yeah. I can say this because it's actually published in a, another book. So it's, it's already out there. And we looked and we were like, holy cow, this is how much money we've given away. And we've given away more than we've kept. And so we looked at this number and I went home to Linda and we sat at the table and I Mm -hmm. said, I have three questions. I said, one, if we had this, all this money back right now, Mm -hmm. how would it change our life? And she and I couldn't come up with one thing Mm -hmm. that we felt like we missed. And then we looked and said, and then we looked at each other and said, now think of the people and the things that would not be in our life had we not given mm-hmm. this. Yeah, for sure. And we both wept. And the first question is, now, if God had said when we cut the line, mm-hmm. this is how much you're going to give away, what would we have said? <laughs> no, no way. way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Overwhelming. so it's one of those God things of just looking and saying, we would have said no way. We had a good heart, but... If he would have said, this is how much, yeah. and this is what's going to happen, we would have said, not doing it. Yeah. But the very thing we would have said no to him turned out to be our biggest blessing. And I would say in our lives, 
that's what we live with, knowing that often the time that thing we want to say no to is gonna be the thing that God's gonna just rock us with. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we went into with Abigail of going, we didn't want to hold a baby as she died. Mm-hmm. It was heartbreaking. It yeah. really took us to a hard I mean, taking place. a baby off life support. But she changed wow. our lives. I mean, was the hardest and the best thing we yeah, have done just, together. I mean, I... Yeah. Someone the, said it's a beautiful, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd be curious, does the weight of your ministry ever affect your home life, your relationship? I mean, it's the most beautiful ministry mm-hmm. ever. Thank you. But... Sure. That's a weight you have to carry around forever. Yeah. And it, it, there, I mean, the grief after Abigail together was, um, really, really hard Mm -hmm. to walk through together. Um, and there have been things that have been really hard and, and I will say God has equipped me and Mm -hmm. qualified me to do this work too. Mm -hmm. And I don't even understand all that. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people say, do you just cry all the time? You Mm -hmm. know, 24 funerals, you know, Mm -hmm. right. You cry all the time. And I really, I have to say that the mystery of the Holy Spirit in this for me is that he's given me an incredible joy to do it. And to, because you, it's a joy and a sorrow, but like to think that like a baby, like you mentioned Amelia earlier, you know, is found by a hiker at a park in Indianapolis, left to die, you know, in the dirt. And she was found, she was named, she has a legacy and we got to celebrate her life. What's and, her life? Can you tell about the footprints? Yeah. And, but I mean, it's like that joy really for me yeah. overtakes mm-hmm. the sorrow most of the time mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and it's it's just a mystery. It just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, her legacy is that her footprint is on the Safe Haven Baby Box, which is now in mm-hmm. five states and saving babies' lives. And babies put in that box, rescued anonymously under mm-hmm. the Safe Haven Law, are adopted within 30 days. And so moms in crisis have an option. So instead of just maybe giving birth at a park alone somewhere mm-hmm. and leaving a baby to die, a mom now is educated about the Safe Haven Law. Um, and she can choose to put her baby in a box. And these babies mm-hmm. are wrapped in sweatshirts or nothing placenta and all put in these safe haven baby boxes. And wow. so we know that those moms are desperate. Mm-hmm. You want to do the questions? Okay. <laughs> so I mean, our time's up. Um, okay. We asked the same three questions okay. to every couple, lighthearted and fun. Great. Um, but what you have to choose who goes first without knowing the question. Okay. <laughs> How do you like um, that for gallons? Yes. So a first question we always ask because it it's fascinating to see the answers is what's your biggest pet peeve with the one other. another? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> one that's a great question. Steve's nervous. Uh-huh. Yeah, one. Linda <laughs> says one, only one. Um okay, the thing I've been griping about lately to him, I'll just pick that, is that he leaves his coffee mug on the counter with his every morning he has peanut butter on a bagel or something and i'm not a coffee drinker so i you know have the coffee the coffee mug and the peanut butter knife on the counter every morning wow to clean up after that's my thing i come down and i'm like peanut butter and coffee yeah not my favorite smells in the morning (laughs) yeah i mean i would get that Uh, yeah okay now you uh Mine, mine definitely is Linda's, we we have very different communication styles Okay, and that is so frustrating to me because I'm a succinct communicator. Linda's an around and that is just, 
and it's judgmental of me, but man, is it frustrating. <laughs> so that's my pet peeve. Uh, that's it makes me think of the comedy skit. Is that what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. We we just we, we went to a comedy show yeah. the other night, and this guy was talking about how he asked his wife what time she's leaving. Like she was flying out. He said, yeah. "What time are you leaving?" She said, "Noon." And he was like, "Honey, you're still at home. It's eleven thirty. And she's like, "Oh well, that's what time I'm leaving for the airport." He was like, "He was like, who answers the question <laughs> like that? Like, like, tell me what exactly. I need to tell. Yeah. Like, what do exactly. you think I wanted anyway?" Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I feel like so. that's it. Okay, part two of the question. So yeah. now I get you to have go to go first. first. All right. <laughs> Is what do you love the most about your wife? Oh, um, <laughs> that's easy. She is the most devoted person I've ever known mm. in my life. And she's the most devoted to everybody that she's devoted to. She's just equally, I just watch her dive in with people. That's easy. The most devoted person I've ever seen. Yeah. And what do you love most about your husband? Uh, I'm going to say his smile and sense of humor because we were talking mm-hmm. earlier about how we met in high school. And when I met him at the library, he made me laugh. And mm. um, Steve making me laugh is how I know we're doing really well. And I love his smile and I make love when he makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. You, you do have a great smile. Thanks. <laughs> you do have a great smile. Um, you guys have shared so much wonderful wisdom. It was really cool to see the pride that you guys had in, in the giving and you talking about how mm-hmm. much you've, you know, tried to make that a priority in your relationship. Yeah. And it's like, that's the type of pride I want to have mm-hmm. that it doesn't come from, buying a different mm-hmm. car right. or these different things. You don't get that pride. Right. And it's really, really inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listening want to find out more about Steve and Linda and the things they have going, including he knows your name, you want to hear more about uh, their marriage advice and their marriage encounter series. We'll include the links down below, but I appreciate you two uh, taking the time to join us and um, I hope you have safe travels back home. What? You have to ask them a third oh, question. The, 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 oh, my bad. My bad. Wow. <laughs> okay, okay. If you could, if you could summarize. This is always summarize, his, like, the big question. Ah. If you could summarize all this wonderful oh, experience, this wealth of wisdom that you have, mm. and give one piece of marriage advice, mm. either that you've received or that you've learned from experience, what would you share? Mm. I That one's easy for me, <laughs> is that um, I <laughs> fought... Uh, monogamy and the beauty and the growth and the purity and the wonder of monogamy is the biggest testament to God because I feel like if there's anything in the world that says one person can't fulfill you, one person's never enough, it can't, that's the narrative of the world and yet I am finding the exact opposite. That God knew us better than we knew ourselves and he knew that monogamy and it just keeps getting better and better. So I am continually amazed that monogamy and the purity of marriage is where it's actually at. It's not just a trade-off. It is the only place we can be fulfilled. Mm. So that's mine. Okay, what was your question again? <laughs> Best piece of advice you would, you've been given or you would give? Mm. Um, the, best bed, the best piece of advice... Um, probably from my husband to me is to trust him and let him lead us in places that I know are best for us. Like I think of the times that I've had to just kind of put myself aside 
and let Steve fill my cup with his love for me, his adoration of me, his loyalty to us, um, and let my feelings be put aside and let him just pour into me. Mm. So he knows me better than I know myself most mm. times. Wow. This is great, guys. This is really <laughs> this fun. fun for us. I've just been absorbing oh, yeah. so much stuff. I don't think I asked any questions. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we really appreciate you guys joining oh, this us. Yeah. Thank you. you guys are wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're thank gracious. Thank you so much for inviting us. Yeah. It's so good to see you guys. And Drew's beautiful. Oh, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, she never made an appearance. I no. know. She's still she's asleep. She's still sleeping. Miraculously. Yeah. Sweet. Well, thank you guys. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. Yeah. All right, real quick for all of those listening out there, we don't ask for a lot of favors, I don't think, babe, do we? No. But we're going to ask you a favor today, all right? If you're listening to Couple Things Podcasts on Apple Podcasts specifically, will you please do us this short, quick favor? We want to make sure you're staying up to date with our show, and Apple's latest iOS update has paused downloads for many listeners, and some of you have expressed our latest episodes aren't being recommended to you on Apple Podcasts anymore. So here's how to make sure you're getting your episode. And again, this is for Apple Podcasts specifically. Open up that podcast app on your iPhone. Search Couple Things and tap Our Shows icon. And then in the top right corner, you might see a plus follow symbol. If you do, tap it to resume following the show. If you get a prompt to, quote, turn on automatic downloads, say yes. That way... You'll get all of the episodes. Thank you so much, guys. We're so glad this update was brought to our attention because we want to make sure we're reaching as many of you as we can. Love y'all, and we really appreciate you doing this.